the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Good morning to my People's Baptist Church family. Good morning to our guests and friends who have joined us for this worship service today. We're delighted that you are here in the sanctuary and wherever you are around the world watching this service. We pray that God's richest blessings will be with all of us this morning and that we will know that he is a faithful God who has promised never to leave or forsake us, his children. The title of the message today is Keys to Joyful Living. Keys to Joyful Living. To the average person, the good life is a trouble-free life, a life in which there are no illnesses, no accidents, no job layoffs, no trials and tribulations. So many people think that life must be perfect for them to be happy. If I could just change my situation, life would be great. If I could just get rid of my problems. But there is no such thing as a problem-free life. If we are going to learn to be happy and joyful, then we must learn to be joyful in this situation that we are in. With all of its problems and all of the experiences that we have living on this planet Earth. Happiness comes from the word happenstance, from which we get the word circumstance. It depends on what's happening uh, to us. Happiness is external, but joy is internal. Happiness is temporary, but joy is constant. So how do you have joy in spite of what is going on in your life right now. We are going to be looking at Paul's letter to the Philippian Christians. The background of this letter to the Philippians is that Paul, for the last four years, has been in miserable circumstances. He spent two years in prison in Caesarea on trumped-up charges. 
Then he was put on a ship to go to Rome to appear before the Emperor Nero, who was not a nice person to Christians. In fact, he persecuted them and lit them as torches in his garden. On the way to Rome, Paul was shipwrecked, stranded on an island, bitten by a poisonous snake, and spends another two years in prison awaiting trial and possible execution. And indeed, he was eventually executed. During this two-year period in Rome, he's chained to a guard 24 hours a day. He had absolutely no privacy. Yet in spite of these situations, Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 18, he says, I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. So what is Paul's secret? How does he stay positive in prison? How does he triumph over his troubles, delight in his difficulties, stay so happy and joyful in spite of the fact that nothing turned out the way he was hoping or had planned. Paul in Philippians chapter 1, 12 through 21, which we are using today as a text, gives us four secrets or keys essential to joyful living. The first is, have the right perspective. Now, every one of us have problems of one kind or another. What is important is how we are looking at these problems. The way you look at your problem is much more important than the problem itself. See, your perspective makes the difference. Listen to Paul in Philippians 1, 12 and 13. I want you, brothers and sisters, to know that what has happened to me has helped to spread the good news. All the palace guards and everyone else know that I'm, a, I'm in prison because I'm a believer in Christ. Paul could see God at work in the problems even when they didn't go his way. Paul had always wanted to go to Rome to preach the gospel in that great metropolis. Now God answered his prayer to go to Rome, but he did not go to Rome, a free man. He went there as a prisoner. One, so that there would be a different way of communicating the gospel, but two, because it provided him the opportunity to write uh, a number of books in the New Testament. In verse 14, Paul says, And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Now, Paul was no ordinary prisoner. This fact soon became evident to the authorities who were involved in his case. It was soon known that Paul was before the Roman court because he was a Christian, not because he had committed a civil crime. Paul knew that he was there by the will of God, 
The government may have thought that he was its prisoner, but Paul knew that he was really the prisoner of the Lord. And Paul took the opportunity to witness for Christ among the palace guards assigned to him. They returned not only to the barracks in that night with the message that Paul had given to them, but as they served in Caesar's palace, they also talked about Jesus. The gospel was made known and converts won even in Caesar's household. These converts carried the message to the civilian population of Rome and it eventually spread throughout the Roman Empire. Paul saw his imprisonment, therefore, not as a hindrance to the gospel, but as God's plan for advancing the gospel. Isn't it wonderful to see how God works in the lives of his children, of believers? He takes misfortune and turns it into blessing. One may be limited to a sickbed, to a wheelchair, or to a dead-end job. Such limitations may appear to have no useful purpose whatever. But the difference between making these conditions an advantage or disadvantage is a matter of attitude. With faith in God, we can look beyond the limitations of our circumstances to the opportunities God has given us for the purpose of reaching people we could not reach otherwise or to teach us lessons we would not learn otherwise. We can miss some of the richest blessings and the greatest opportunities simply because we expect every day of our lives to be filled with comfortable experiences that we enjoy. Life has its prisons as well as its palaces, its restrictions as well as its liberties. To accept this, in the knowledge that God is in charge of your life and that he will never, never leave you is the difference between defeat and victory, the difference between complaining and thanksgiving. Brothers and sisters, don't let your difficult circumstances defeat you. Remember that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Paul's attitude towards his situation became an encouragement to the Christians at Rome. Courage is contagious, and we see examples of that right now in Ukraine with the president of Ukraine and how it has emboldened the rest of the, the, the people in Ukraine because Courage spreads like wildfire. Now, other believers became bold because of Paul being bold. The perspective you need if you are going to have joy in your life is to be found in Romans 8 and verse 28. And we know, says Paul, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So the lesson we need to learn is that God has a purpose behind all of the problems that come into the lives of his children. When you get this perspective, then you are on your way 
to joyful living. But secondly, focus on what really matters. Focus on what really matters. When things get tough, I need to know what's really important in order to distinguish between the trivial and the significant. I can live my life based on either problems or priorities. Either I will decide what's important in my life or I will let other people decide what's important. If we don't choose our priorities, we'll go around putting out one fire after another, living simply from problem to problem and not choosing what is important. In verse 14, Paul speaks of those who were preaching the gospel with boldness because of his imprisonment. However, in verses 15 through 18, he tells us that not all the Christians at Rome were preaching Christ from pure and unselfish motives. Some were doing it from jealousy, some from strife and envy, some in an attempt to aggravate his imprisonment, and some from a competitive party spirit. Now you would think that Paul had enough trouble dealing with imprisonment, but there were those in the Christian community who were opposed to Paul and his ministry. Rivalry we take for granted in certain areas of life, in business, in politics, in sports, in the arts, and other areas but we do not look for it in the preaching of the gospel. But it is a fact that preachers and churches compete with one another for members and for publicity and sometimes speak ill of others that you're competing against. Some will even lower their standards and compromise the truth of the gospel in order to gain members or gain prominence and be favorably regarded by certain segments of society. The situation in the Roman church did not discourage Paul when whom we could call an eternal optimist. Listen to him in, in verses 15 through 18. Paul says, Some are preaching about Christ because they are jealous and envious of us. Others are preaching because they want to help. They love Christ and know I'm here to defend the good news about him. But the ones who are jealous of us are not sincere. They just want to cause trouble for me while I'm in jail. But that doesn't matter. All that matters is that people are telling about Christ, whether they are sincere or not. This is what makes me glad. I will keep on being glad. You see, Paul wasn't going to let anybody steal his joy. Not circumstances, not critics. Why? Because he had his priorities and he was not going to let little things steal his joy. Now, how many arguments we get into that really don't matter one bit? It's not worth losing your joy over things that don't matter. Know what is important so that you don't get sidetracked by trivialities. 
Proverbs 3 and verse 6 says, In everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. This is what counts, putting God first. The lesson is to focus on what counts or what matters. But number three, tap into God's power, power source. We need strength to make it from day to day, just to keep keeping on. Life can wear you out. Life can drain you completely. One crisis after another can drain you. You lose your energy, you lose your power. Some of you may be ready to throw in the towel. You say, I've done the best I could, but it's not good enough, and I'm sick and tired. And sometimes you say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. See, you need a fresh supply of power in order to continue to live a joyful life. Paul says in verses 19 and 20, Because you are praying for me, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ is helping me, I know this trouble will bring me freedom. I expect and hope that I will not fail Christ in anything, but that I will have the courage now, as always, to show the greatness of Christ in my life here on earth, whether I live or die. Paul says, I have two things that give me strength to keep me going in spite of these years in prison. One is the prayers of fellow Christians and how much we know that as a church. And two, the help of the Spirit of God. So where do you find strength to keep on keeping on? Is it a reliable source? There's no source of power more reliable than that provided by the Spirit of God. Paul was certain of its reliability and its adequacy. He tells us in Philippians 4.13, I have the strength to face all conditions by the power that Christ gives me. Or in the NIV, the International Version translation, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If we are to make it successful in life, then we need to have the right perspective. We need to focus on what really matters so that we are, we are not sidetracked by non-essentials. And we need to tap into God's power source so that we have the strength to keep on keeping on. But the fourth step is have a purpose for living. Have a purpose for living. Paul is now old and tired. He's had uh, years of ministry, building, uh, starting churches all across Asia Minor. And he has been in prison now for four years. He's ready to meet his Lord. They have taken everything from him except the one thing that cannot be taken from you, and that is a purpose to live for. In verse 21, Paul says, For to me to live is Christ, 
and to die is gain. I like the New Living Translation, second edition, that puts it like this. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. People naturally rejoice at births and mourn at funerals. After all, a birth is the beginning of life, whereas a death is the end of life. To most people, death is a dark shadow, the grim reaper, the unwelcome guest. Paul, however, did not share this perspective on life and death. To him, death was the bridge between two distinctive expressions of life. It was the end of an old life and the beginning of a new and glorious life. Paul knew he had an appointment with death. As he looked at life and he looked at death, he did not know which to choose because each is so wonderful. Life is wonderful because it means living for Christ. Death more wonderful because it means more of Christ. Life with all of its trials and tribulations is a wonderful thing when a person knows Jesus Christ as Savior. When the purpose of living is to magnify Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul had a long-term goal. He looked at things in the light of eternity. In Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14, he says, Brothers and sisters, I know that I have not yet reached that goal, that is the goal of being like Christ. But there is one thing I always do, Forgetting the past and straining toward what is ahead, I keep trying to reach the goal and get the prize for which God called me through Christ to the life above. The best use of your life is to invest it in something that will outlast it. The time is coming when all of us will have to give up these mortal bodies. Paul says to die is gain, for he knew that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Those are his words. Our view of death is the acid test of our faith in Christ. If you live in fear of death, it means you are being robbed by Satan of an important aspect of your faith in Jesus Christ. Death for the believer is not a miserable end, but a glorious exchange and a wonderful beginning. The grave is but a gateway into all that is glorious and joyous and tremendous. This view of death can bring peace to the troubled mind, joy to the grieving soul, and comfort to the aching heart. A Christian with this view of the future in God's presence can see the stars on the darkest of nights, can see the rainbow in the blackest of storm clouds, and can see the streets of gold at the end of the long road of life. The hope that is ours can bring joy to the heart, peace to the mind, rest to the body, assurance to the soul, determination to the will, and value to life. And for all of us, soon and very soon, 
The last battle will be fought. The last enemy will be conquered. The last tear will be shed. The last burden will be borne. The last pain will be suffered. The last temptation will be resisted. The last sacrifice will be made. The last heart will be broken. The last problem will be solved. And the last grave will be dug. For when we pass from this life, we are going to a place where there is joy without sorrow, light without darkness, blessings without curse, health without disease, perfection without flaw, beauty without blemish, excitement without an end, and worship without any rush. No wonder that Paul says, to die is gain. For he knew that in the presence of his Savior, there will be no valley of disappointment, there will be no days of despair, no trail of tears, no moments of misery, no coffins of death, no hour of sorrow, and no agony of defeat. For in Christ's presence, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617 427 0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.